Well, good morning, Orange County. My name is Tariq Burton, and I serve on staff at Waypoint Church in Santa Barbara alongside my wife, Jackie, and our daughter, Kaya. Here's a picture of the both of them. And Kaya just turned 10 months old, and so she's a pandemic baby. All she knows is face masks and computer screens, but she is absolutely loving life, and we are just loving being her parents. I am absolutely thrilled about the opportunity to be able to contribute to your worship service today. I've got nothing but love for Orange County, and I am grateful for all the connections I've been able to build throughout the years, including the Stevensons and the Halls. Stephen Charlie, I love you so much. Steve and Charlie were my college ministers in, way back when in 2010. And so I'm grateful for them and the impact you have made on my life. And Marcel and Karina, love you guys with all my heart. Uh, Marcel is the one who trained me to go into the ministry. But not just that, but they invested so much time and energy into my relationship with Jackie, our relationship with each other. They were there when we started dating. They were there when we got married. And now we have a kid, so time flies. I'm excited about today. I know it's your Black History service and it's a privilege to be able to speak for you today. You know, much of Black history is rooted in endurance or the ability to hold on to a dream that is yet to come. I'm reminded of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech in which he painted a picture and a portrait of what he hoped our nation would look like. And this Ability to hold on or this principle of holding on to something that is yet to come. It's it's not foreign to Christianity This may come as a reminder to some and new information to others of us But the overall quality of our lives is not just determined by how big our faith is It's equally impacted and influenced by how long our faith is And so with that being said, I have a passage of scripture I want to use to lay our foundation for today, but also introduce the title of today's sermon. It's Matthew chapter 27, verse 45. It's a passage of scripture many of us, I'm sure, are familiar with. However, I want to look at this passage of scripture from a fresh perspective today. And so Matthew chapter 27, verse number 45, let's read this here together. The Bible says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. That ends the reading of God's word for us today. I want to spend a few moments talking from this subject. The title of our sermon is this, Hold On. Hold On. You know, I believe the two greatest events in human history were the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe the significance of these two events is not just tied to what happened. Now, please don't get me wrong. The what Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and rising again, that's huge. That's significant in itself. However, what I'm arguing is the significance is not just tied to what happened. It's equally tied and tethered to why it happened. Why he did what he did. Because many of us understand the motive of Jesus was love. That love was a forethought on the mind of Jesus as he hung on that cross. That through Jesus, God, he was attempting to introduce the world to a different 
type of love. A superior love. A love that is God at his very essence. It's not just the love that God has for us. It's who he is. You can't get this type of love without him. It's a love that the gospel writers chose to distinguish from all other types of love by using the word agape to describe it. It's an unconditional love. It's an unconquerable love. It's a radical love. It's, it's an obsessive love. It's a love that God is so committed to loving you and me with that there is nothing on this planet that can prevent him from loving you with this love. This love was the motive of Jesus. And when you understand agape, when you understand this kind of love, when you embrace agape, it should produce an immense amount of comfort in your life, regardless of the season you may find yourselves in, whether highs, lows, peaks, or valleys. And as encouraging as this is, as inspirational as this is, as comforting as the love of Jesus is, God didn't just intend this for celebration. He's also intended it for education. That there are some things that God wants to teach us through this. And I believe on today, God wants to use the cross to teach us how we can hold on when we find ourselves in challenging and uncertain situations. And I believe our text, what we just read in Matthew, is a perfect example of what I'm attempting to articulate. But the thing about that is, we read the end of the story. The story actually begins a day prior. John's account, John 13, verse 21. I want to direct your attention to that. The scripture will be on the screen. Let's read this together. The Bible says this. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another and at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and, and said, ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Hmm. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. So our narrative begins with Jesus. He's at the Last Supper, digging the scene with the Savior lean. Whoop, whoop. And Jesus, while they're eating, he's observing. And Jesus notices that not everybody who is there with him is there for him. And so Jesus, he addresses this tension in a way that is unique to, to himself. Because as they're sitting back, maxing, relaxing all cool, Jesus suddenly proclaims, one of you is going to betray me. Is it I? Is it I? Is it me, Jesus? Jesus, who is it? Tell us. We need to know, they begin to ask. And Jesus says, I'll tell you who it is. And again, in a way that is unique to himself, says, it's the one I give this bread to after I dip it in the bowl. Here you go, Judas. 
And he says, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. In other words, Jesus, he's saying, look, I am so convinced of the father's love for me that I don't even need you to change what you're about to do for it to be well with me. As a matter of fact, Jesus doesn't even get in his way. He doesn't try to stop him from doing it. He says, hurry up then, do it quickly. Because Jesus understood that as soon as Judas got done doing what he was going to do, God was going to start to get ready to do what he was going to do. And maybe there's something in there for each and every one of us here today. Maybe some of us, we need to stop hoping that this pandemic is somehow going to treat us better. Maybe some of us, we need to stop hoping that that life is going to somehow treat us better. And we need to start to trust that if God is for us, there is no one or nothing that can be against us. Jesus tells Judas, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. And we know the story. Judas goes, he tips him off. They arrest Jesus, Peter. He cuts off a guard's ear. Now, I want to stop there. I want to pause for the cause because I don't think Peter was aiming for an ear. <laughs> I do not think he was aiming for the ear. I think he was aiming for something else. I mean, who aims for an ear? I think he was aiming for something else, but he missed. Because that's what grace does. Grace will cause you to miss. And I know many of us can relate to me with what I'm about to say next, but I know for myself, when I honestly audit and assess the course and quality of my life, there are some things that I missed. There are some things that I had planned for my life that I missed. I am so glad I became a true Christian as a freshman in college because I know for a fact, the Lord knows for a fact, that I did not intend to be righteous in college. I saw the movies and I attempt to live a wild or I desire to live a wild lifestyle. But God stepped in and his grace caused me to miss. And I know many of you can relate. When you audit and assess the course and quality of your life, there are some things that you had planned for yourself that you missed. And I know from time to time we praise God for the blessings. But can we take a moment and praise him for the things that we missed. That grace has caused us to miss out on some things. And I want to praise God for it. And I hope you are with me on this church. Because in that same act of grace. Jesus picked up this man's ear. Placed it back on his head. And healed him. Because whatever humans break. Jesus will fix that humans may hurt you, people may hurt you, but Jesus, Jesus will heal you. The person who hurt you can't always heal you. And for some of us, we need to stop looking in the wrong places for closure or the wrong places for healing. And we need to go to Jesus instead because the sooner we put the wounds in Jesus' hands, the sooner he can put the pieces back together again. Peter cut this man's ear off and committed a crime. Jesus erased all evidence of the crime. And I know many of us, we can look at that and we understand. And we can testify to the fact that what Jesus did for Peter, Jesus, Jesus did for me. That, that Jesus in erasing evidence of this crime, that's a picture and a portrait of what he wants to do in each and every one of our lives. That I know many of us, we can look at our lives 
and say, my life no longer looks like the way it used to. My life was once twisted and headed for destruction, but Jesus stepped in and erased all evidence and changed my life for the better. And I know many of us, we can testify to that. And we know how the story goes. The story progresses. Jesus, he's wrongly arrested, charged, and sentenced to capital punishment. Crucifixion, the death penalty, the, the modern day equivalent of the electric chair. Before he's crucified, he's led on to be mocked, ridiculed, beaten, battered, bloodied, bruised, nailed to a cross, and crucified. And this story is not a new story. Many of us, we've read this time and time again. I've read this year after year after year. But for some reason, I read this story and I began to talk to God about it in a way that I've never discussed it with him before. I began to talk to God and conversate with him and say, you know what, God, I, I get that he needed to die. I get that. That makes sense to me. I get that he needed to bleed. That was prophesied. It, it makes sense to me. But I began to ask God why. Why did he have to hold on and hang for so long? Because he hung on that cross for hours. And I asked God, why? Why did he have to hang for so long? And as I began to think about it and think about it some more, I believe God, he began to reveal an answer to me. And I say it's an answer because I don't believe it's the answer, but I do believe it's an answer. And God began to reveal to me that, yes, Jesus, he died to be our savior. But he hung to be our example on how to handle seasons of life. God will not alter, but rather give us the strength to endure. I'll say that again. It'll be up there on the screen for my note takers. But Jesus, yes, he died to be our savior. But he hung to be our example on how to handle seasons of life that God will not alter, but rather give us the strength to endure. And if there's anything that God has shown us over the course of these past 12 months or so, is he's shown us that this pandemic, this season of life we're in, is something that we are just going to have to endure. And Jesus does two things on the cross here that I want to highlight. That I believe God wants us to imitate as we endure. As, as we hold on in this season of uncertainty. The season of challenge. The first thing that Jesus does is Jesus, he prioritized outreach. That Jesus, while he was hanging on that cross, he turned to the criminal and he said, Today you will be with me. In paradise. Now, now, what is Jesus doing here? While he's hanging, he's still helping. While he's hurting, he's still helping. That he does not allow his pain to prevent him from accomplishing his mission. And Satan, the enemy, the devil, whatever it is you want to call him, he wants to use your pain to distract you from your mission. To distract you from your purpose. From, to distract you from, from ministering to others. But Jesus, he understood that even in the midst of pain, 
If he were to quit, Satan would win. And they made a mistake when they nailed Jesus to the cross. Because yes, they nailed his feet. His feet were bound. His arms were bound. But his mouth, his mouth was still open. And Jesus had the conviction that as long as my mouth is open and free, I'm going to proclaim the gospel. And we too need to do likewise. That yes, we may be bound in a sense due to this pandemic, restricted in what we can do. And sure, we do have face masks that are covering our mouths. But you're still audible. People can still hear you. And there are people in your communities today who need to hear the gospel. There are people in our communities today who God has primed over the course of this pandemic to hear the gospel. As long as your mouth is free. The second thing Jesus did while he was on the cross. Yes, he prioritized outreach. The second thing he did was he prioritized praise. Now, some of you are asking, Tariq, where, where do you see that? I see the outreach, but where, where, where do you see that? I say it's in the text. Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, Jesus, in saying that, he's not denouncing God. He is crying out for God's presence because he no longer feels the same connection he felt prior to the cross. And so when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's a cry of desire. He desperately desires the presence of God. And the Bible tells us that God dwells within the praises of his believers. That praise ushers us into the presence of God. And that's where we were created to thrive. In the presence of God. If you want to thrive during this pandemic, we got to praise we got to praise God. If you want to thrive when you find yourselves in uncertain and challenging situations, we got to praise because that's what ushers us into the presence of God. And that's where we were created to thrive. Jesus prioritized outreach. He prioritized praise. Let's all be people who decide to do the same. Look, it's been great rocking and rolling with you all today. Thank you so much for having me. I want to close us out with a word of prayer. I love you guys so much. Let's pray. Father God, thank you just for this opportunity where we can gather and worship in this way. Father, thank you so much for your love. Father, we cannot fully comprehend how much you love us, but we are so grateful for Jesus and his sacrifice and how, yes, you intended for celebration, but you also intended for education. God, I pray that we can be people who prioritize outreach in the midst of this pandemic. God, we know that there is nothing in this world that can stop you from working. And you've been working in the hearts of many people in our community. Father, I pray that we prioritize outreach. I pray that we can remember to prioritize praise. Father, give us opportunities to, to praise you more. Let's praise you for the blessings. Let's praise you for the, the, the misses, God, so that we can usher ourselves into your presence through praise. God, we love you so much. Thank you for all that you do. In your son's name, we pray. Amen. We want to thank Tariq for speaking God's word today. We're so grateful for that. 
And again, if you're visiting here with us today, we would love the opportunity for you to get connected with our church family. So go ahead and reach out to us. You can uh, go to our website and contact us there. You can go ahead and message us. We have small groups throughout all of Orange County, and we'd love uh, to, to help you in your journey in faith. And whether learning more about the church or wanting to do some Bible studies, whatever it is, we would love to be able to serve and be there for you in this way. Have a great Sunday.